What's cracking? Welcome to the jungle. My name is Jim Rome. The Tuesday after the natty. All right, we got a big time program for you. Lots to get to. What do you say? Jump on in here right now. Tell phone number is toll free. Now I've got two interviews, one at 940. None in the second hour, one at 11.40. These are Pacific times, so you want to take advantage of it. Get in here right now. want your thoughts on what you saw last night. Yes, Michigan man, Michigan woman, Michigan child, you can call. I know you're feeling yourselves. Telephone number is 1-800-636-8686. Use the phone, dial me up, log me a phone call. I want to get you in early and often. Once again, one 800 636-8686. If you want to hit me up on the X, do so at Jim Rome, R-O-M-E. Also, email me at Rome, R-O-M-E at Habitake.com. So the interview is set up like this. Coming up at 940, Greg McElroy, ESPN college football analyst, former quarterback at Alabama. He was in the house last night. He joins me at 940. We will break down the game with him. I've got my own thoughts off the top, of course, but I want to talk to him. He was there last night. Greg McElroy, 940. Again, the second hour is wide open. Coming up in the last segment of the show, an NFL Hall of Famer, Troy Polamalu. I want to get his thoughts on the Steelers. You Steeler fans have been so bent trying to run Mike Tomlin out, saying how long has it been since that guy won a playoff game? How long is that guy going to coast on his Super Bowl championship? I don't know. Still hasn't had a losing season. Troy Palomalo, I'm sure we'll have thoughts on that, and we will have that in the final segment of the program. So we are wide open. Let me hit you with that phone number one more time, and then my thoughts on what happened last night. one 636 8686 All right, so, Michigan man, today is for you. Actually, Michigan man, Michigan woman, Michigan child, all the other Wolverines in Wolverine country, you did it. You did it. You did it. You did it. You see, Michigan man, you always believe everything is all about you. Except for once, you were actually correct. The college football season actually was all about you. From that first three-game suspension for Jim Harbaugh to the second three-game suspension for Jim Harbaugh, all the way through Jim Harbaugh up on that podium last night, sitting next to the CFP trophy, proclaiming his innocence. You see, the bottom line for the Michigan men is that they are national champions for the first time since 1997. Nobody will ever be able to take that away from you, Michigan man, Michigan woman, Michigan child. Now, the NCAA damn well may try, but they'll never be able to snatch the feeling that you have this morning or the night that you had last night and what you just experienced and what you just lived through or the season that you just experienced overall, a season that I've been calling the magical season of scandal for months. And it really was just as magical in the end as it was scandalous. You see, Michigan man, I do have something positive to say about you. It really was as magical in the end as it was scandalous. You see, I'm not going to take anything away from this team because they were clearly the best team in the country this season. They earned that. Now, having said that, they also earned all their own adversity, which they did successfully overcome. What I'm saying is this. 
Michigan earned everything that they got this year, the good and the bad. And in the end, the good is going to outweigh the bad because they got their natty, and they deserve their natty. Michigan was dominant last night. They played like Connor Stallions in person, scouted every single Washington game all year long. Almost like that guy had, in his own possession, their playbook. Frankly, this team is so good, I don't even understand why they felt the need to cheat in the first place. Just messing with you, Michigan man. Relax. Sort of. I mean, reality is, nobody thinks that some stolen signs or signals were the difference in that game last night. Reality is, Michigan did open up a whole can of whoop-ass on the Huskies last night. Washington, frankly, was lucky they were even in that game. They were lucky to hang in that game because that game was over after the first quarter. That game was way closer than it should have been. That game stayed within one possession for way, way, way too long. And even so, it never really looked like Washington was about to make a breakthrough or seriously push the Wolverines or even make that a game, even though it wasn't one score game, even though they had the ball to start the second half. It looked more like Michigan played the entire game with 14 dudes on the field. And the Huskies were just essentially hanging on for dear life. Now, Michigan might not have played their best game. However, Washington might have played their worst game. In fact, I'm not sure there's any might about that. That was the worst game that Washington played all season. Bad time to have a bad game. I think it was the worst game that they possibly could have played at least as far as the offense is concerned. I'm not sure that offense could possibly look any worse or any more overwhelmed than it did for the entire game. Maybe it was foolhardy to think that Michael Penix Jr. could have that same performance he had against Texas again last night. Maybe. You know, maybe Michael Penix Jr. did not bring any big Penix energy. Big Penix energy! He's going to Good dude, good quarterback, great story, a lot of grit. But you know what he brought last night more than anything else? Big NFL backup energy. I mean, I've just never seen that guy like that. I've never seen that guy miss so many open receivers. His timing seemed off. He got beat the hell up. And by the end of the game, he looked like he was just about ready to tap out. I know he made it very clear, I am not leaving the field. I'm not going to abandon my teammates. I'm going to be there with them and finish it with them. But my man looked like he was ready to tap out. He didn't. He didn't. But he got the hell beat out of him. Now, the Washington defense didn't fare all that much better. Yes, it kept them in the game. Yes, after they made adjustments. But man, that game did seem over one quarter in. That was a horrifying start. And if they didn't adjust, Michigan may have hung 70 on them. Or 170. The Wolverines had seven or 174 yards rushing on nine carries in the first quarter alone. 19.3 yards per carry. Nine. That's not good. Nine times. That's below not good. I mean, the reality of that game is Michigan should have 
never needed to even throw a single pass to win that game last night. They could have handed off every single play and still won that game last night. In fact, they probably would have had an easier time if they just handed off every single play. They didn't even need crying Sharon Moore last night. Love you, man. All they needed was Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards. I guess what I'm saying in effect is Michigan did play with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind. Michigan brought the offense. Michigan brought the defense. Michigan even brought the we-fence. It's a we-fence. The self-anointed America's team are now, once again, national champions. And frankly, they deserve it. They do. Now, of course, I don't really understand anything that Harbaugh had to say after the game. Generally, I don't understand anything that he has ever said dating back to his ill-fated smack-off attempt. And that holds up after last night. I mean, that last night, I understand that was a big night for him, but he was making even less sense than he normally doesn't make. Starting with that touching ode to confetti. It's pretty great. You know, you watch this confetti come down, it's like thousands of confetti. It tells a story. There's a story in every one of those pieces of confetti. The amazing blue confetti. Like, what is that dude talking about? What's he even talking about? What's he ever talking about? And I'm serious. I'm not here to hate. I'm not. I'm not hating. I am not here to hate. I am here to try to understand. Why is every day like smack-off day for this dude? What's he going in on and going on about the confetti? That there's a story in every one of the pieces of confetti falling. There is? It's pretty great. You know, you watch this confetti come down. It's like thousands of confetti. It tells a story. There's a story in every one of those pieces of confetti. The amazing blue confetti. I mean, my man just climbed the mountain after years and years and years of trying. He had one foot out the door at one point. Yet he got to the top of the mountain. He won that national championship. And the very first thing that he says into a microphone is this. Thousands of confetti tells a story. There's a story in every one of those pieces of confetti. The amazing blue confetti. What story? What story could confetti possibly tell? What has the confetti seen, Jimbo? Like, what, what story could the confetti tell? Is the confetti like, you know, I was once actually the front page of a newspaper, and then somebody cut me up and dropped a little dye on me, and now I'm just a little piece of confetti. The amazing blue confetti. Do you know what I had to overcome as this piece of confetti to fall from the rafters and land on the ground? The amazing blue confetti. What? What secrets... Are the confetti keeping? Does the confetti know something about Connor Stallions that the rest of us don't know? What? Anyway, par for the course. Confetti worship aside, his answer about overcoming all the self-inflicted adversity was almost as strange as him saying that there is a story in every piece of confetti. We're innocent. 
And, and we, stood, we stood strong and tall because we knew we were innocent. And I just like to point that out. And these guys, these guys are innocent. And yeah, overcome that. Um, it wasn't that hard because we, we knew we were innocent. Was the confetti innocent? Hey, look, I'm not trying to bag on this guy. I'm not. Amazing blue confetti. I really am not. I'm just trying to live in reality. And Michigan man, Michigan woman, Michigan child, Michigan dog, Michigan pet, here's some reality for you. Harbaugh accepted a three-game suspension from the Big Ten. He had a chance to fight it in court, but didn't. Instead, he dropped that lawsuit. And then the very next day, he fired his linebacker's coach, suddenly. And oh, by the way, there are photographs of Connor Stallions in disguise on an opponent's sideline during the season, who was a salaried member of the Michigan staff at that time of those photos, all the way up to the moment that he suddenly resigned in the chaos of that scandal breaking. What I'm saying is, none of these things are consistent with the pure innocence that he's up there demanding they have. They're just not. Now, I'm not saying, notice what I'm not saying. I'm not rushing in to hang an asterisk on this win. Because frankly, asterisks don't actually exist. They don't really mean anything. But what happened, happened. And it is part of the story. So, of course, questions about the adversity were not the only questions that Harbaugh didn't want to hear about. Of course, he also did not want to hear about questions regarding his future either. Even though all my dude Andy Staples asked was to get his response if he would like to add a Super Bowl to his list of accomplishments, which Andy, I thought, was pretty clever on your part. I just want to enjoy this. I just want to enjoy this. Uh, and I hope you give me that, you know. <laughs> Can a guy have that? Does it, does it always have to be? You know, what's next? What's, what's the future? Um, you know, like I said the other day, yeah, I hope, I hope to have a future. Um, hope there's a tomorrow, a day after tomorrow, you know, a next week, a next month, a next year. My man, I got such good news for you. I have such good news for you. I guarantee there is going to be a tomorrow. I can all but guarantee there's going to be a day after tomorrow. You know what? I'm pretty damn sure there's going to be a next week. And a next month. A next year. And a next year. I mean, what a relief, right? You're welcome. You're welcome. Here's the thing, Jim. The reason why people are suspicious about what's next is because you keep trying to jump to the NFL. Because you hired an NFL agent. Because you still haven't signed that extension that Michigan offered you that is sitting on your desk. Even Ward Manuel was going around last night acknowledging that the NFL interest is real. So don't blame us. The only reason this narrative exists is because you have been leaning hard into it for years now. Can a guy have that? Yes, you can have that. But don't think that somebody's not going to ask you about your future. There's a good reason why everybody assumes that you're about to walk off on this win and head right back to the NFL. And the reason is, it definitely looks like that's exactly what's going to happen. And again, that's not hating. 
That's not trying to diminish what you just accomplished. That's not trying to take anything away from this guy. That's just the reality of where this has been heading all along. I just want to enjoy this. I know you do. Listen, we don't even have to dwell on what you're going to do next right now. Today, we can give Michigan man, and way more importantly, Michigan team, Michigan team, the credit that they deserve and the credit that they have earned. And I'm not going to go all hail to the cheaters. And I'm not even going to work to go with Mark and Boston's cheating works. Cheating works. In the end. I love it. In the end, championships are earned on the field. And there's no doubt that Michigan earned theirs on the field. So here's to you, Michigan man. Here's to you, Michigan woman. Here's to you, Michigan child. Here's to you, Michigan dog. The magical season of scandal. Might have had plenty of scandal. But in the end, it had even more magic. You can't deny it. Best team in the country. Amazing blue confetti. As far as the Pac-12 and Washington, you hate to see the Pac-12 go out like that. I've always honked for the Pac-12. But on some level, great year, but see you wouldn't want to be you. Washington got an early Big Ten welcome. Michigan dropped a big, fat hospital job (laughs) gift basket. On Huskies Nation's doorstep. With a little note saying, Welcome to the party, pal. See you in September. XOXO. Welcome to the party, pal. And now that the CFB season is over, I can't wait to follow all the news, fake and real, where people try to track Harbaugh's every single moment. Is he on a plane to San Diego? Was he seen at a hotel on the Vegas Strip? Was he having drinks with David Temper Tepper? I just want to enjoy this. I'll take your thoughts. I'm wide open. What happened last night? How does it feel, Michigan man and woman and child and dog? Washington fan, I know you're shell-shocked. How's it all feel? Hit me up. 1-800-636-8686. Let's see a little reaction quickly. Rome Slice. I would like to take this opportunity to thank you, Idol Maker. I was once a lowly smack-off participant. And now I am a national champion. A true rags-to-riches story. Thank you for the jungle karma, Jim. I will never forget it. Regards, Jim Harbag. Tell that clone to get a life. Can a guy have that? I don't know, Geoff. That might have been your best one ever. Your best email ever. Geoff and Lincoln sent that. I just want to enjoy this. At Lanier Messenger, quote, that's two for me. Signed the Smackoff participant and the Natty title head coach. It's two for me. Like I mentioned, Washington had a bad time to have a bad game, but Michigan certainly had something to do with that. Gino in Wrightwood writes, it's not all bad Michigan or Washington fan. After Harbaugh goes Pete Carroll on Michigan, man, and those sanctions hit, that natty will be yours soon enough. I mean, something's going to happen, right? The NCAA will eventually finish that investigation because they are still investigating. All I can say is 
Harbaugh will not be there when it's done. At Shark Attack Mountain writes, Jim, what if I told you every piece of blue and maize confetti told a different story? Regards, the next 30 for 30 on ESPN. Piece of confetti to me, maize and blue confetti. Some of you aren't buying it. I thought that I was actually very magnanimous in that open. Some of you aren't buying it, don't want to hear it. At Planet Wilson 1, quote, Mr. Rome, we would like to congratulate Jim Harbaugh on his victory. Regards, Barry Bonds, Mary McGuire, Mark McGuire, Roger Clemens, Rafael Palmero, and Sir Lancelot's side piece. What am I on? Hey, Jim. Penix was a bit soft last night. He just seemed to have less tools in the box. The Michigan D was really stiff, though. They rendered Penix impotent. Heck, you could even say dysfunctional. I don't want to be too hard on him, but if he could reload last night and do it again, I'm sure Penix would. W-O-O-D. Hey, John in Fort Worth, are you happy with yourself? Because you shouldn't be. And just one more. At the Angry Bird 63. Jimbalaya, say what you want about asterisks. The vast majority of college football fans will go to their graves believing they cheated. If Michigan man can live with themselves taking shortcuts, that's on them. Rest assured, the rest of us will call you cheaters. Cheating works. There's going to be a lot of that. No matter what I say, no matter what they say, no matter what anybody says, a lot of people will hang an asterisk on them. They will call them cheaters. They will remind everybody that they won that natty in Houston, not far from where the Astros cheated. There's going to be a lot of that. Now, I'm not saying the Michigan man cares about that, but they'd be awfully naive to think that everybody is happy for them, they're America's team, and that no matter what happens, they will be seen as cheaters. But I'm going to give them their due. Best team in the country. No doubt about that. Best team in the country. But I will ask, if you're that good, why did you need to cheat? But that's their natty. And I don't think anybody can take that away from them, not even the NCAA, which is going to do something. The NCAA is still investigating, and Harbaugh's going to bounce. Hey, Rome. These guys are innocent. Yeah, they are. The players are. Hey, Rome, why are you so surprised that Michigan stole signs? Let me stop you right there. Who said that I was surprised? I never said that I was surprised. I'm not surprised. Rome, why are you so surprised that Michigan stole signs? College football is a big business. Maybe big businesses look for advantages. Not all college football programs are completely clean or dirty. These things happen. Yeah, it happens. Sean in upstate New York. Again, Sean, who said anything about surprised? Happens to us all. But you know what never, ever happens? A natty winning head coach sitting out six games in their natty winning season. That never happens. And the NCAA hasn't even gotten to them yet. 
Those six games were a result of a three-game self-imposed ban, a three-game from their own conference, and the NCAA is going to get around, and they're going to penalize them too. We knew we were innocent. But, however, so those things don't happen. They don't. It's never happened. Don't tell me those things happen when it's never happened. Yo, yo, but Sean in upstate New York, thank you very much for the lecture on college football and how big business works, bro. Thanks for straightening me out on that. I just like to point that out. Thank you for letting me know that cheating works and that everybody does it. And that it's no big deal at all. And that nobody cares. Wrong, 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 and wrong. But thanks for playing along. All right, one more note as I go to break. You may have seen the announcement that I posted on X this AM. And if not, you should head over to my account right now. It's an announcement that I'm completely hyped on. I will touch on it in the next segment. But for now, let me just say that 2024 is going to be a huge year in the jungle, and I could not be more juiced and more fired up for it than I am right now. Can't you hear it? All right, let's take a short time out. 1-800-636-8686. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that will help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet 5 bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. All you need to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use my code ROME, R-O-M-E. New customers can bet just 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. It's only on DraftKings Sportsbook. You have to use my code ROME, R-O-M-E. The crown is yours, but you do have to be present in a state where it's lawful to wager. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. All right, so really short segment right here. I am looking for reaction. And Michigan Man's coming in with reaction, clearly. Greg McElroy joins me next segment. We'll get his thoughts. He was in the building last night, and he was on the call of that game. All right, so quickly, in case you missed it, let me direct you to my Twitter feed, at Jim Rome, where I made a major announcement earlier this morning, and in case you did miss it, quote, this is what I put up on the X, quote, totally hyped to announce my new video programming partnership with X. We will be live on X soon. I am pumped. It's going to be an amazing opportunity to reach fans on the biggest and most dynamic platform in the world. X, formerly Twitter, has always been an enormous part of the program for years and will be an even bigger part going forward. And as I like to say, day one, all in, let's go. Details to follow, specifics to follow. But for now, this is where I'm going to leave it. 
We have a new video programming partnership with X, which is going to start soon. And I'm ecstatic. It's going to be a big, big year. When I said I'm looking for my next 25 years to be my best 25 years, I meant it. I'm not looking to slow down. I'm looking to double down. Let's get it. Let's go. It's a really good thing. And I am really hyped. More details and more specifics still to come. But as for right now, I am really excited to announce that new partnership. All right, 1-800-636-8686. Go ahead, give me a call right now. Hit me up on the X at Jim Rome. And there is some breaking news as well, which I will get to. In fact, I'll get to it right now. At Rap Sheet, on the X, quote, sources, Titans coach Mike Vrabel will not return in 2024, sources say, as both sides will move on after six seasons. That included one coach of the year nod for Vrabel. He is expected to be one of the top candidates available. Of course. Because it sucks to lose. Gentry. Got that, Gentry? Of course he will be one of the top candidates available. It's a damn good coach. It's a hell of a coach. And now it makes you wonder, what about the Patriots? I want to get into the Hood situation a little bit later on and whether or not he might somehow find a way to appeal to Bob Kraft to get one more year out of him. If I'm Bob Kraft, cutting right to the chase, I'd take Vrabel instead. Unless he's got his in-house candidate in Gerard Mayo. But that makes things even more interesting. So Vrabel is going to be a candidate, a top candidate for the jobs that are now available. We will get into all of that. I'm not shocked by that at all. I'm not even surprised by that. But that definitely changes the entire landscape, the hiring landscape. Mike Vrabel, great coach. All right, when we come back, Greg McElroy joins me. We'll get his thoughts on the natty last night. He was in the house. Meanwhile, I want your thoughts on Mike Vrabel. Where do you think he goes? Does he go to the Pats? Does he try to get that Chargers job? The Raiders. Where does he go? I can't see this guy taking a year off, frankly. All right, bomb of the hour. Let's get you a sports up. From Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back. Rolling right through hour number one. And if you're on hold, stay there. If not, I do have an open phone number for you. 1-800-636-8686. Now, this dude is a very busy dude. So I'm pumped that we got him the day after the natty. He played quarterback for Alabama from 2007 to 2010. He won the 2010 BCS National Championship at Bama, posting an undefeated 14-0 season. He finished up his college career with a 24-3 record as a starting quarterback. He played for the New York Jets in 2011 and 2012. He is an ESPN college football analyst, and he did call last night's National Championship game on ESPN Radio and is the host of the Always College Football Podcast. He is Greg Greg McElroy. 
my man, you are everywhere. Dude, I appreciate you so much for coming back on the show. Greg, how you doing? I'm doing great, Jim, man. Thanks for having me, brother. Big day, big day. Big day, big day. Appreciate you. So, my man, you were in the building last night with one of the best seats in the house. I'm curious first, what was your overall reaction to what you saw and what were your biggest takeaways from last night? Well, I mean, it was just, it won the game is a lot closer than the final score would indicate. A play or two here or there, and it completely shifts it. But it just goes to show you when you're playing against a team like Michigan, you cannot miss. You know what I mean? They are that good. That if you have a freebie, if they bust the coverage, if they have an open receiver, you have to hit those plays because you're just not going to be able to weather the storm if you miss big opportunities. And Michael Penix, really the first time in quite a while, missed some guys that were open downfield last night. And there were opportunities for Washington to get back in the game, two in particular, that really jump out. You know, dropped pass by the running back on third down, would have easily picked up the first down to the right flat, and then they had a holding call that I thought was really a terrible call. It was a really well-officiated game, but one terrible call in the game that eliminated the 40-yard game by Roma Dunze down the right sideline. If those two things happen, I mean, the game at that point, 20-13, and we're cooking with gas in the beginning of the fourth quarter, and we're going to have what might be an all-time great finish, but uh, it wasn't to be. And, and Michigan was the most complete team. They were the better team last night and were deserving champions after uh, 15-0 season. Agreed. Greg McElroy is joining us. I mean, Greg, you knew Michigan was going to look to establish the run early on, but did you have any idea they'd have the kind of success that they did right from the jump and just blow Washington right off the ball the way they did? Well, I, I was shocked by that. You know, Jim, if you look at Michigan and you really kind of get down into the weeds and allow me to go there for a moment, defenses hold up okay in the first 40 to 45 snaps. First 40 to 45 snaps, like you, they're okay. you can hold up against them. But when you get past 45, the defensive efficiency is off the charts, how it just completely drops off and it's completely wear you down. So I thought Washington would hold up early. And then in the fourth quarter, that's when we find out whether or not you know, we separate the men from the boys. And they were so out of position early. I couldn't believe a team that's that well coached was so unsound in their run fits. I mean, the linebackers were a mess. They were all over the place. They were, they were not in the same position. The defensive line was going one way. The linebackers were going another way. I mean, it was really, really poorly executed defensively. The moment just got too big for them on the first two drives defensively. But, hey, you got to give Michigan credit, too. I mean, they found those creases. I mean, it's one thing for those creases to be there. It's another thing to find them. And Michigan found them not once but twice. But, really, I mean, they had – four 35-yard gains in the first quarter alone. So Michigan took advantage of mistakes, and, and on the other side, Washington didn't. So that was why the game went the way it went. But it was an ideal start for the Wolverines, and they were kind of allowed to dictate the game from that point forward if they get to a 14-3 lead early. And Donovan Edwards, no less, not Blake Corum. Blake Corum obviously got going and finished that game for them. But to see Donovan get off the way he did with those two giant runs, that really set the tone. Greg McElroy is joining us. Hey, Greg, back to Penix for a minute. He's had an amazing college career. We know this. But clearly he was out of sorts last night. He missed a wide-open receiver on a blown fourth-and-seven play in the second quarter through a pair of picks. How much of that was a result of Michigan's defense? And then how much of that came down to Penix? simply having a bad night at a bad time? Yeah, I think, it, I think it's a combination of both. Uh, I mean, he was 
definitely off the mark by his standards. Now, let's be real, Jim. Like, I mean, his standards are pretty unreasonable. <laughs> he had come into that game last night completing 54% of his passes that travel more than 30 yards downfield. I mean, that is unheard of. Even at the NFL level, I mean, passes that travel 30 yards or more downfield, I mean, a good number, a good number statistically is like one out of three, you know, maybe two out of five if you're really dealing. And he is completing north of 50%, actually up to 54. So he he doesn't miss those throws, but I think he was seeing ghosts last night. And you got to give tremendous credit to the defensive staff of Michigan. They were able to mix looks. They were able to over kind of – they didn't have to blitz a lot. They brought five. They brought six on occasion. But a lot of times they just brought four. But they knew where the protection was going to be sound, and they overloaded the protection. So there was oftentimes an unblocked defender that was breathing fire, and Penix would have to move. He'd have to get off the spot. He took a lot of hits, and as a result, it really affected his accuracy. So – uh, they had a tremendous defensive plan. It, it was so well executed defensively. I can't even tell you how well executed it was. The coverage was amazing. The tackle, the tackling in the open field was amazing too. I mean, there were several instances where Jalen McMillan, a great wide receiver who's excellent yards after the catch, and he's out one on one. If he misses one tackle, Will Johnson made the tackle. If he misses it on a third down, he's out the gate. He might score. And they just always seemed to step up and make the play last night. So it was a remarkable defensive performance, but without question. I mean, Penix, he missed some layups, man. And it's just not something you're just used to seeing with a guy that's just that deadly accurate. No, I agree with you. Greg McElroy joining us. So, Greg, bottom line, we know the better team won. The better team won, without question. Let me ask you this, though. With Jim Harbaugh being suspended for six games this season and the NCAA continuing its investigation of that sign-stealing scandal, how do you personally, you personally view this title? Do you think it's tainted in any way? I think it's a very popular question, Jim, and I, I think there are a lot of people that will view it like that. Like, it's tainted, it, it comes with an asterisk. I personally don't. I've always thought, and this goes back to my time in college, NFL, high school, you name it, you steal our signals, that's on us. Like, I think Michigan, if anything, if anything, I actually have increased the level of respect I have for their program with what they had to endure this year. Now, that's going to sound crazy because it just is so counterintuitive, but I think most guys that played know that when your coach isn't there for six games and it doesn't affect your performance, that's a remarkable thing for 18- to 22-year-old kids to compartmentalize and not allow them to deter from the task at hand. So, if anything else, I know some people people are going to feel the way they want to feel. Um, I happen to think the sign-stealing thing is bogus. I think it's completely ridiculous. I've kind of felt like that from the beginning. I don't even think it gives you that much of a competitive advantage. And the only people that are saying that are the ones that Michigan beat. Um, but at the same time, man, like this team had to deal with a lot of scrutiny, and it did not affect their performance at all. So if anything, I actually would probably increase the level of respect I have for them given what they had to endure. Greg McElroy joining me for another moment or so. Greg, what about the Washington standpoint? So they're going into the Big Ten, and Penix is heading to the NFL. Where does that leave them? In other words, they had a window. Do they still have that window, or did the window close? Well, this group is comprised of nine six-year seniors. 
Um, they have a lot of veteran guys that are gone. I mean, you lose your top receiver, possibly your top two, possibly your top three. You lose your quarterback. You're going to lose a handful of guys along the offensive line. You lose a handful of guys defensively, including the edge rusher, Braylon Trice. Uh, Keelan DeBoer, their head coach, is the real deal. I mean, he is a, a terrific, terrific, up-and-coming, big-time college football coach. But uh, I think they're coming back to earth in a big way next year. It, it's partly because last night exposed a few things. The Big Ten is all about the line of scrimmage. If you can't win the line of scrimmage, you got no shot. That's why Iowa, for as putrid as they are offensively from time to time, they find a way to eight, nine, ten wins every year because they're really good at the line of scrimmage. So the Big Ten, it really comes down to how you play in the trenches, and there's still a gap right now between Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State to an extent, and the rest of the teams that will be joined. That includes SC, that includes Oregon, that includes Washington. I do think in time those teams will catch up, but I, will think, I do think there's going to be a bit of a learning curve as they get into the new league. He is a former quarterback from Alabama 2007 to 2010, won the 2010 BCS National Championship. He was on the call last night for ESPN and in the house. Greg McElroy, my guest, dude, with all, with all sincerity, I know how busy you are. Thanks for making time for us once again. Always good to have you, Greg. Appreciate you so much. Man, it means a lot to always be able to visit you, too, man. You're the best, and I appreciate you so you much. You too, dude. Same. Greg McElroy. I do appreciate him so much. He's got lots of platforms, lots of responsibilities. He was at the game last night and still made time to join us first thing in the morning. So, major props for that. Telephone number, 1-800-636-8686. All right, big takeaway there. He's like, you know what? I play the game a lot. I play the game on every single level. I've got no problem with the way they won that national championship. That that sign-stealing scandal probably didn't help that much. You know, fair enough. Fair enough. But it did help. It did help or they wouldn't have done it. If it doesn't matter, why did they do it? And then looking at them last night, I would ask, why did you do it? That's a dominant football team with an amazing culture. But is the culture in part in reaction to all the heat that they took from the scandal because clearly that galvanized them but make no mistake the better team won the best team in America won they were second hour is wide open hit me with anything you want 1-800-636-8686